Carlos Correa is a San Francisco Giant for 13 years. What do their shortstop prospects and the Twins do now? Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked on MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more odds, more props, more lines than ever before because BetOnline is where the game starts. So, Carlos Correa signs super late at night after most of us are in bed. 13 years $350 million with the San Francisco Giants. No opt-outs in that deal, full no-trade clause. This is the largest shortstop contract by total value, beating Francisco Lindor's $341 million, and ties with Bryce Harper for the longest free agent contract in history. Thirteen. He'll be 41 years old when this contract is over. But... You're getting arguably the best of the four big shortstops that were on the free agent market. Look at what he did in 2022. 291, 366, 467 as a member of the Twins. 22 home runs, 47 extra base hits, 61 walks to 121 strikeouts, and 0 for 1 on stolen bases. He's not here to steal bases. And actually, when you look at what he's done historically, his first two years in the league, he stole a lot more bases than he does now. But his production, his profile's kind of changed a bit as he's gotten a little bit older. The batting average has come up. The on-base has come up. The power's kind of ticked down a little bit. He's not really a home run threat. He's never going to hit a ton of home runs. His 162-game average over his career, 279, so he was better last year, 357 on-base, Again, better last year. And 479 slugging, so a little bit below that last year. 28 home runs, 64 extra base hits, 74 walks to 142 strikeouts. So he struck out less, hit for less home runs. And I think part of that's tied, and then the, the extra base hits went down. And I think that's tied to one, contact over power, and then two, slowing down just a little bit as he got older. But he is there for the Giants, going to play shortstop for at least the next you know, four or five years before he looks at having to move and has the arm to move to third versus second base. And so, big question I kind of have now is, what happens to the top prospects in the Giants system? Uh, the first guy you get to look at, shortstop Marshall Luciano. Number one prospect as of the end of last year, despite missing some time with injury last year. And I ultimately don't think this impacts him a ton. Because I didn't have him sticking at shortstop anyway. Uh, 2018 IFA and really kind of felt like based on the arm, uh, you know, like, sorry, based on the, the below average speed and then the fact that his arm and the power profile played well at third base, I saw him making that transition anyway. Um, 57 games last year in high A, working around injury, 263, 339, 459, 10 home runs, 20 extra base hits. 22 walks to 51 strikeouts, again, in 57 games. Uh, did not attempt to steal a base last year, so obviously was not caught in any. 
And when you kind of look at his skill set and what he does, I think he's the best power hitter in the system. I don't think he's the best hitter for average, but he's the best power hitter in that system. And again, below average speed plus arm. And so I think uh, third base is more realistic uh, than than shortstop for him. Uh, Plenty of athleticism, and he's got really nice raw tools. It's just a matter of kind of refining those into finished products. I think right now, the power tool is above the hit tool. And obviously, your power tool is only as good as your hit tool, so you got to work on that. I do think that he can do that. He struggles a bit at times with breaking balls, and it feels like he he can recognize them, but he gets he he gets overeager and he'll chase them. And I don't know if that's a confidence thing that I can get my bat on that ball no matter what. I mean, he's got he's got uh, plenty of double plus power. He knows what he can do with it, but he's got good good hand speed and things like that. And so I don't know if it's a confidence thing or if it's a, I can recognize it's a breaking pitch, but I didn't recognize how good of a breaking pitch it was until I swung at it. So I think there's a little bit of work there. Obviously losing 2020 didn't really help things for a young player like that, but can make a plan at the plate. I feel confident about his ability to, to improve with a healthy year next year I just don't think he was destined at shortstop anyway. I think he was going to have to move off a of shortstop. And so I had him at third base, again, based on the plus arm, based on based on the average to above average defense. And if you ended up moving him to second because the internal clock's a little wonky, it wouldn't surprise me. But again, I have him as being a third baseman over a shortstop as of right now. Uh, a guy that probably was going to stay at shortstop and now maybe changes into a different role or you slow play him knowing you've got time to work on it is shortstop Averson Ortega. Probably had him in the back half of the top 10 going into uh, coming out of last year. But 2019 IFA, they paid a million dollars for him. It was the biggest signee in the class. And uh, last year was in at San Jose. Low A, 122 games. 270, 345, 431, 14 home runs, 51 extra base hits, and then 49 walks to 155 strikeouts, was 11 of 17 on stolen bases. I think defensively, no doubt, can stick at shortstop. Uh, very good range, very good, like very smooth hands, the transfer works, the clock is really good as far as knowing exactly when he has to put a little extra behind it to make the throw. The arm strength is plus as well. I think your question and your ceiling ultimately is going to come back to the power. I think his his average exit below in 2021 in rookie ball was about 84 miles an hour. Because all of the big league teams uh, do spring training at the complexes, we have pretty good info on rookie ball as far as numbers like that that we can sometimes get. And average exit below of 84, I think that's, it was a strong showing as far as batting average and everything. And we saw, again, 270, 345, 431 last year. He's prone to swing and miss too much, especially on spin. And that's a that's a young player thing. He was 19 last year uh, after only getting 56 games in complex league in 21. So I think that's something you could work on. He's got really good bat speed, better contact skills than the strikeout rate would make you think. So... Potential there, but I think ultimately if the power doesn't ever come up from a 40 grade or so, you're looking at a utility profile, which if he's a defensive first shortstop, that works too. You've got uh, 
Obviously, by the time he's ready, being only 19 years old, by the time he's ready, maybe you're looking at does Correa move to short for him. I think it's more likely Correa stays at short and he takes a utility profile, but we'll kind of see what happens. And then the third guy, and the one that I think is the best fit for third base, and so now I've got questions about how this is going to work, is Casey Schmidt. Uh, I've got him as a, end of the season, I had him as like number six, number seven in the system, and fantastic defense at short. He was a second rounder in 2020 out of San Diego State. And defensively, very much looked like he was a college player. Advanced defensively, very natural at third base. Cannon of an arm. Uh, You know, a couple questions with the hands and the transfers, but the clock is good. The range is good enough for what you need at third base, despite him being a below average runner. So, fantastic defense. I don't think he has the speed to play in the outfield, so you probably need him to stick and you need Luciano to either move into second um, or you you know see if one of them doesn't make it. Uh, offensively, struggled early last year, and I think that's why he was low. He was rated lower by a lot of places in 2022 was because he started off slow, but uh, did the high A to double A with a hint of triple A last year. 93 games in high A, 29 in double A, and four in triple A. We talked about what the September call-up looked like for a lot of teams last year. Combined slash line, 293, 365, 489. 21 home runs, 58 extra base hits, 48 walks to 120 strikeouts, and three of five on stolen bases. He really feels like he's an open at double A next year guy. Got 29 games there. Did really well. 342, 378, 517. And so to me, it feels like the natural thing here is Casey Schmidt opens at double A, moves to triple A later in the season, and then he's the first option in 2024 at third base once Brandon Crawford's uh, contract is up. And if Crawford gets hurt and misses time next year and he's Schmidt's doing really well, he's somebody you call up early and you try him out at third. Kind of feel like going forward, you've got to figure out if Luciano is going to move into second if Schmidt sticks at third, Ortega's your utility guy with Correa at short. Feels like the best way to set that up, but obviously a lot of work to do on those guys, especially Luciano and Ortega, uh, because they're you know, 18, 19, 20 years old. So more projection on them. You've got some time to figure this out. In just a minute, I want to get to the Twins and figuring out what the Twins do next since they lost their shortstop. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Uh, all right, if you have not tried these new flavors from Built Bar, you got to like pause the pod real quick and go place your order. Cookie dough topper, coconut brownie bar, coconut brownie topper, white chocolate peppermint granola. Like Built has revolutionized the game again. If Obviously, if you haven't tried Built Bars, uh, they're protein bars that taste like candy bars. But you got to understand that now... Like they have the puffs, obviously, it's the protein infused marshmallows. They have now added granola bars to this. White chocolate peppermint granola is the best thing to do during the holiday season. 100% real chocolate, 17 grams of protein, shockingly low sugar and calories, like 130 calories. So you got to try this. Go to built.com, use promo code locked on 15 for 15% off your order. That's promo code locked on 15 at built. Okay, so Carlos Correa to the Giants means that the Twins have a gaping hole at shortstop. And 
the question about what do they do now, I think starts off with discover the Wolverine and or Super Soldier Serum to give to Royce Lewis and his ACL. Um, Royce Lewis feels like the best option at shortstop if you don't want to rely on Jorge Polanco or Kyle Farmer. Jorge Polanco and or Kyle Farmer are probably going to open the year as the sharding shortstop. Farmer spent, I think, most of 2021 as the Reds starting shortstop. He can get by. He can compete at shortstop. Jorge Polanco can can get the job done at shortstop. But Polanco last year, 235, 346, 405. Farmer last year, 255, 315, 386. So neither one of them gives you that well-rounded component that hopefully a Royce Lewis could do. Reminder on Royce Lewis, if you're not super up on the Twins, 2017 first rounder, number one overall pick out of high school. Uh, 37 games in AAA last year, absolutely killed it. 313, 405, 534. There's that magic 300, 400, 500 slash line we talk about that delineates a guy from a dude. So 313, 405, 534, five home runs, 17 extra base hits in 37 games, 18 walks to 32 strikeouts, 12 of 14 on stolen bases. And that's the book on Royce Lewis. Incredibly fast, elite speed, 70 grade. I mean, the range, the quickness, all of that is there. Uh, Now, the defense comes out to above average. The arm is, uh, you know, I'd say probably 55 grade. I think it could get to plus with a little bit of consistent work. A really good defensive coach doing drills. I think it could get to plus work. Uh, the questions have kind of been offense for Royce Lewis. The power, the raw power is plus. I think the game power ends up around a 55 or so. But again, your power tool is only as good as your hit tool. And that's that's some of the question marks. He lit, He missed 2020. He missed a bunch of time in 2021. Like didn't even play at all. And so 2022 was his first time back since he batted 231 in double A in 2019. And he looked like he had it all figured out. He got 12 games at the big league level, 300, 317, 550. Two home runs, six extra base hits in 12 games with one walk to five strikeouts. Now, caveat, small sample size, incredibly small sample size of 12 games. But he looked like he had figured out some of those offensive questions because you had... Questions about plate coverage in the outer third. You had questions, and that's because he got pull happy trying to generate power. You had questions about um, pulling the ball too much and then recognizing spin and chasing spin off the plate. That's a young player thing. We see that a lot. Um, You know, he's 23 years old, and again, he had missed two straight years of baseball. So that's kind of understood that things like that'll happen. And Uh, really this comes down to like promising. You just have to hope the recovery goes okay. And kind of based on when everything happened, you're looking at from what the projections I've seen is you're thinking he's going to be back by May. And so provided he's 100% ready to go, and I don't think you have any reason to rush it, uh, Polanco and Farmer can hold it down, but long-term he is your best option. Uh, Because your other prospect in the system that's a shortstop and is well-regarded as Brooks Lee. First rounder last year, top 10 pick out of Cal Poly. And the questions I've always had about Brooks Lee like going into the draft is, I don't know if he was going to stick it short. Very instinctive defender, above average arm, 
reliable hands, again, great instincts, but he's a little bit of a bulky guy and his speed's a little below average and that's not going to get better as he gets older. And so I always saw him as a guy who would move to second or third. I think with his arm, I'd want him to third. Uh, you also have questions because in high school and in college, he he had back injuries, he had hamstring surgery. So you had availability questions as well. Uh, the physical development's already there. I just, I don't know if he's going to make it as a shortstop or not. And so that's why I think Royce Lewis is your best bet. When you look at the system and other guys that are there, Edward Julian uh, is a top prospect we've talked about many times on this show, called him the Canadian prospect God of Walks. Uh, I really, I mean, getting him off the dirt is the best option, but his speed's a little below average. He can play second at a at least average level. And his his plate discipline is too good to not get in the big league lineup. And so to me, it feels like one of the better options for you is to do something like a Jose Miranda at third, to do a uh to do something like an Edward Julian at second, and then Royce Lewis at short, and now you have the flexibility of where to put a Jorge Polanco, where to put a Nick Gordon moving guys around as you need to, knowing that. In the minors, you have an Austin Martin who can be a utility guy, can play infield and outfield. You've got a Kyle Farmer on your bench, can play anywhere in the infield. Uh, It kind of feels like your options are, if you stay internal, that's the best way. Fill it until Royce Lewis is healthy and bank on Royce Lewis working. If you don't think Royce Lewis is going to stick and you have to make a move, not a ton of options. As of Thursday afternoon, Dansby Swanson is still available. I believe it's because he's on his honeymoon right now. He got married last weekend. But there's a bunch of teams that want a shortstop, and he's the only one of the four left. The Cubs are the favorite to get him. His now wife, was she's a professional soccer player. She was traded to the to whatever minor league, whatever women's soccer team is in Chicago. So they're the favorites to get him. Atlanta wants him back. The Twins may or may not get outbid for that. But... If you're looking at like outside of that or internal options, you're looking at a trade and there's not a ton of shortstops that are available for trade. Ahmed Rosario is a name that gets thrown out a lot as a potential trade candidate. Are they going to trade him in the division? You have the money that you were paying to Correa. If you're not going to be paying Correa the money, you gave a little bit of money to Christian Vasquez. You gave him a three-year deal. I really think you're in a scenario where you either pivot and you put money to pitching or you can go out and sign Swanson if for some reason you don't think uh, that Lewis is going to be ready. But to me, Royce Lewis at shortstop with, for now, Jose Miranda at third and Nick Gordon at second, but eventually having like a a Brooks Lee at third and Edward Julian at second feels like it's it's the best possible future for you. In just a minute, I want to get to some of the other free agent deals Uh, and trade deals from the week and the impact it's going to have on those prospects. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration. If you're hanging out with some friends this holiday season, you're having a few drinks, know that it's easy for a few to become a few too many. And as an evening comes to the end and people start to head out, uh, you might think of calling for a ride, but no, you live nearby, you can make it home. It's not a big deal. Think about what are the odds that you'll get pulled over. And if they, you know, if that happens, your insurance could go up. You could lose your license. You could lose your job. 
if you don't get pulled over, you might total your car. You could kill somebody. Because like we all know about the risks of driving drunk, right? Uh, but it only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. So play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. Drive sober or get pulled over. Okay, some of the other free agent and trade deals as of late on Thursday that we've seen and the impact that this might have on these teams. Mike Zunino signs a one-year, $6 million deal to be the catcher for the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, I love this move for a few reasons. Is One, when he's been healthy, and big caveat, he got 36 games in 2022 because of thoracic outlet syndrome, had surgery on his non-throwing arm in July. But when he's been healthy, look at 2021. 33 home runs, 860 OPS, all-star. Fantastic performance offensively from a catcher. He had a lower batting average, but tons of home runs. And something that the, the Cleveland desperately needs, because so many of their guys are like great, great contact ability. They struggle at the plate as far as generating power, putting balls out of the park, with the exception of Jose Ramirez. So... I feel like that's really good. And then the defense as well. He's a very good defensive catcher. Again, 2021 stats, 94th percentile in pitch framing, 89th percentile in pop time, uh, seven defensive run saves. Very good. And so it gives you the option now. Bo Naylor does not have to carry the load by himself. You get veteran mentorship for him from a guy who can offensively and defensively do it at a high level. And... I mean, they really, really do like him. They really do like what he can do. They just obviously don't think he's ready to be the number one guy in opening day 2023. He's played in five big league games and has half a season of starting experience at AAA in Columbus. So this gives you the option to either make him the backup catcher and learn every day in a big league clubhouse from a veteran with good offense and defense or give him everyday starts in AAA for at least the first part of the season. So I love this deal, not only for the Guardians, but for their prospect in Bo Naylor. Uh, center fielder Kevin Kiermeyer goes to the Blue Jays. One-year, $9 million deal. Uh, obviously, interesting what this is going to do. He's got great defense, right? Uh, I mean, one of the better def- outfield defenders we've seen I don't want to say of his generation because that feels a little extreme, but like one of the better of the 20 teens, one of the better defensive outfielders that we had gives you as far as like, you can move George Springer to right field now, Lords Guriel in left, Kiermaier slots right in there in center, and then you've got flexibility. Um, Kevin Biggio can play infield and outfield. Spencer Horwitz can play first base and outfield. You've got some options there. And you save the wear and tear on Springer by not having him play center field. Now, the issue is. He's only played more than 130 games in one season in his career, and he's 32. So you're going to have to have options. So I don't think this really blocks any of your outfield prospects because the, uh, and not that you have uh, very, like, I think your highest outfield prospect is Gabriel Martinez, who's in high A. So it's not like you're blocking a big name prospect, but blocking outfield prospects in your system isn't really a big deal because one, it's a one-year deal, and two, it's a guy not necessarily known for his availability anyway, and then spotty offense against lefties. His, he's better against righties, so he'll probably get platooned a bit anyway. Uh, Adam Frazier 
going to Baltimore. One year, $8 million. Really interesting deal because of the runway that it gives some of these outfield promotions. And I'm thinking about specifically Colton Kowser. So Cedric Mullins right now is the starting center fielder. You've got Austin Hayes and Anthony Santander in the corners. There's been, we've talked about it on the show a ton, there's been rumored trades of Cedric Mullins straight up for Pablo Lopez of the Miami Marlins. Even if you don't make that trade, that's still something where you have the option of, of that's still something where you have the option of playing Adam Frazier instead of playing him at second base, where he spent most of his time when he was with Seattle. You can play him in left field. It gives you another outfield arm if Colton Kowser is not ready. You can call Kowser up and have Mullins in center, Kowser in right, and then your left field can be Hayes or Santander. And if for some reason you decide that Kowser's not ready, Frazier can move from the infield to the outfield to cover for him. So it makes it where there's less pressure on Colton Kowser if you want to bring him up and let him play in a corner before you make a deal with Cedric Mullins. Also gives you depth, outfield depth for a trade, even the, or infield or outfield trade, because Frazier played mostly second base, but can also play outfield. So we obviously we've talked about a bunch of the extra infielders there uh, for the Orioles. Uh, some pitchers going to the Giants, Ross Stripling, Sean Manea. Both of them got the exact same deal. Two years, $25 million, with seven and a half in 2023. 12 and a half in 2024, a $5 million signing bonus, and an opt-out after year one. So they're guaranteed $12.5 million for 2023. They can opt out or they can take another 12 and a half for 2024. Uh, love the deal as far as building around Carlos Correa and building on the depth. Now you don't have as much pressure on some of your top pitching prospects because you have guys who can take meaningful innings. You're not having to count um, on a starting pitcher, you know, like a like a Kyle Harrison or a Tristan Beck to come in and immediately produce at a big league level all the way through because you've got these other pitchers who can who can eat innings and give you give you competitive big league innings. So I love that deal. Uh, the last one, Noah Syndergaard to the Dodgers, one year on thir- and thirteen million dollars. What I love about this deal, I think the biggest impact here is not on the the pitching prospects for the Dodgers, although we do, you know, Ryan Pipo, Bobby Miller, Gavin Stone, we do love those guys. We do love those prospects. Emmett Sheehan and Double A, but still. Uh, I think the biggest thing here is this kind of solidifies that the Dodgers are looking to save a little bit of money this year, maybe reset their tax implications. Uh, and so I don't think you're going to see them go out and add a bunch of pieces. They're going to live let the young guys have this season. So I can see third baseman Miguel Vargas. I feel very good about the odds that he's going to get a chance to be the starter out of spring training. Second baseman Michael Bush, I feel like he's going to get a legitimate shot, as well as seeing uh, Gavin Lux move to shortstop. Uh, That obviously leaves Max Muncie available to play wherever, as far as third or second, if somebody's struggling, gives him a chance to, to make that work. You're going to see something like a James Outman in left field. Trace Thompson is not a prospect, obviously. He's almost 32, but he'll be your center fielder. And then Outman will have the first chance to take left field. Uh, you signed Jason Hayward to a, uh, he's a non-roster invitee. He signed him to a minor league deal with an invite to spring training. And so 
you've got plenty of flexibility there, but you don't have you don't have big leaguers locked into playing time other than Mookie Betts and Wright. Uh, I do think that Andy Pages is another candidate. If you see Outman struggle and or Hayward doesn't work out, you obviously can bring Andy Pages up. He would normally be a right fielder. Again, you've got Mookie Betts there. Moving Andy Pages to left field, I think would give you above average defense from left field. It's a great way to set up an outfield and have power from your corners. What an amazing week this week. Uh, looking forward to next week. A lot of fun stuff coming on. A twin show, a Blue Jays show. Obviously, mailbag. If you have questions for the show, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Show's on Twitter at Locked on Farm. You can email us, LockedOnMLBProspects at gmail.com or drop your questions into the new Locked on MLB Prospects Discord. The link is in the episode description below in the show notes on audio. Uh, just full of baseball fans having a great time. Come join us. Until Monday's show, this has been Locked on MLB Prospects.